You're listening to Alcoholics Alive, where recovered members of Alcoholics Anonymous share their experience on how they live AA as a way of life. None of our participants get paid or speak for AA. Here are your hosts, Shank and Wayne. Is that the idea, Shank? That's the idea. That we're going to cover the first nine steps, or that we have covered the first nine steps. Hey, welcome. We have covered them. Welcome, everybody. You got Shank and Wayne here. You can figure out who's who on your own. Uh, (laughs) Good to have you this this week. We, uh, well, we've covered the first nine steps, and we, um, we think we are amazed before we got halfway through. We appreciate all the uh, the feedback and really appreciate all the meeting shrapnel people have been sending us. It's awesome. It is awesome. We we we're still debating on a replacement for it works if you work it. Our guest said we were supposed the guest that we have today. We mentioned it to him a little while ago, and he said that we missed a piece on it. So the actual saying is, "It works if you work it, and you're worth it." <laughs> <laughs> so nice. we uh, we we appreciate that. We'll let him talk more about that in a minute. But uh, we have gotten a few other suggestions, so it's still under review. We are uh, probably going to have a bonus episode this season just on meeting shrapnel we've had a lot of suggestions from the audience on having an an episode just on meeting shrapnel so we'll stay tuned for that we do have our guest with us today our guest name is uh marty marty what you up to today tell us a little bit about yourself yeah appreciate wayne (laughs) Appreciate it, Shank. Uh, my day is busy. My day is real busy. I've I've been uh, I've been fortunate that <laughs> I'm unemployed, but uh, <laughs> that that, is that due to your drinking. No, that's due to <laughs> I don't know what you would call that. Uh, that's right. probably that's probably some shrapnel that we could throw at that. Um, sloth yeah, yeah. no I'm, I'm i'm doing well my days are filled up with um uh unity i guess i don't know but i'm doing well today a little tired but i'm glad to be here y'all perked me up so i'm ready to go we didn't ask you about your day marty um oh. <laughs> that's like we could get that at the clubhouse at the new meeting if we wanted to hear about people's days i mean <laughs> What do you want to know? Tell, tell oh. us a little about yourself. Okay, all about myself. All right. Okay, uh, well, what I want to hear yeah. is tell us about how you were um, 12-stepped. Because you don't hear <laughs> yeah. that. That's kind of like how you got to AA. People always say like, oh, nobody goes on this life and death errand or whatever anymore. So tell us how you, don't you got see to it AA. A lot anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so my sobriety date is July the twenty seventh, two thousand twelve. Um, I uh, how I got here is, uh, I mean, start off with, I mean, I, I drank myself here, you know. I mean, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't want to come here. Um, I didn't want to do this. Uh, I guess you could say there's probably some points in, in sobriety that I don't want to do this either. But by the time I got here, um, I was just just done with life i mean i was i i could clearly see that alcohol wasn't working anymore um it wasn't providing that ease and comfort that it used to give me and that i would wake up time and time again and pitiful pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization i mean time and time again and there's nothing new about that right i mean i i i can't tell you how many thousands of times i've turned over and wonder who was mad at me is my wife mad at me is is uh is my car outside did i steal from anybody Please looking after me. Um, but I woke up that day disgusted again at everything I'd done in my life. And for whatever reason, it was just, it was different. Um, and I don't know why, but it was different. And the only thing I did was I drank myself there. 
Um, and I knew, I mean, along with all these thoughts that came into my mind um, about how hopeless my life was, that there was nothing left for me anymore, um, that everything would be downhill from there. There was absolutely no going up anymore. For some reason, what came into my mind is that is a guy that I knew was sober that I had met about six or seven years prior to that. I knew he was sober. Hadn't spoken to him in six or seven years. <laughs> Lived out. I mean, seriously, I but I knew he was sober and I, I, I knew that I could get in touch with him for help. And I didn't know what that help was. I didn't believe that anything was going to save me. Um, I had this like pitiful thought in my mind that if there was any way that I was going to get past what had happened and, and where I was, that somehow I had to, here's what I thought. I had to turn a negative into a positive. And I literally <laughs> remember turning, saying that over and over in my mind again, that, that this was going to be okay. Um, but I sent this guy a, a direct message on Facebook. He was out at fellowship of the spirit out in Colorado. Um, I had, I had gone to that with him years prior um, when I was in the program and I started drinking again. So years prior. Um, and he texted me or direct message, whatever you call it. He got back to me. He said, yeah, I'm at Fox. Let me, um, let me call you when I'm out of here or something like that. And we got in touch eventually. And I, I was on a work trip and I eventually I got home. Um, and honestly, the rest of it, I don't really remember a whole lot. I think from my understanding, kind of a network of men and maybe women kind of got in touch with people from I was in Hawaii, called him in Colorado. He called some guys uh, in North Carolina, possibly Rocky Mount, Raleigh, Cary, Apex. I, I don't know. But I know that I started to get phone calls from people. Um, and he was one of them that called me. <laughs> I remember I remember talking on the phone with him and uh, and he just started to kind of list some stuff off. Hey, we, are you, so how are you feeling? Okay, would you do this? Did you do this? And I was just crying. Like, yeah, I did that. I did that. And I was just devastated. Um. And, uh, you know, I can't remember. I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I eventually got in touch with two men in, in the area. Um, and I don't remember. I oh, God, I don't even remember. I, they must have called me. I must have spoken to a younger guy. Um, and obviously, I mean, I guess I told him where I was. So they knew where my house was. But I must have spoken to him. I really don't remember that. But what I do remember is. It was, it was the older night, guy. Did I speak to the older guy? Okay. You I did. could have sworn. Okay. All right. Uh, well, and there the you go. The older guy brought I mean, the younger guy. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, my mind was completely shot. I mean, I was, I was so afraid of terrified of everything, you know, that, that alcohol that had solved that fear for me was gone in my life and I knew it was over and I, that fear had just crept back in and I don't remember basically any of that. Um, but what I, what I do remember is, is uh, it was a Sunday night. The older guy brought a younger guy in a suit, <laughs> coat and tie I think he just spoke at a, at a group close by to that, to the house where I was living. I don't know. I just, what I suspect. Um, and <laughs> the older guy poked his head into my house. I think, uh, I think, I think I said like, Hey, you want to come inside <laughs> or something like that? And he was like, Nope. <laughs> why don't you come out into come out into the driveway with us? Um, and so I went out in the driveway with him and, uh, uh, again, I don't remember what was said, um, but I remember them asking me questions, and I'm sure y'all heard this before, but um, I remember telling them at one point, I said, guys, I appreciate you being here, uh, but you just don't understand. Um, my life is over. I said, I, I, my wife is going to leave me if I continue to drink. And my wife is definitely going to leave me if I stop drinking. I mean, I was so convinced that drinking was the only thing that I had good going for my life, that people wanted to be around me because I drank, that I was good in life because I drank, that I was good at work because I drank. I mean, it was the only thing I had. And in that moment, when that was clearly, clearly saw that that wasn't it anymore, that was, that was it. And I just, guys, I appreciate it, but you just don't understand. Um. And that's, I mean, that's about as much as I remember from it. Um, I do know that, that I think it was suggested or it was, I was pretty much told, I think at this point that I was going to get picked up the next day and I was going to go to a meeting on Monday afternoon. Um, and maybe I may have been asked if I could 
stay sober for the night or something like that. I can't remember who asked. Somebody asked me, I don't know if it was this guy in Colorado or somebody asked me, can you stay sober? And I do just remember saying like, yeah, you don't understand. There's no way I can drink. There's absolutely no way. Um, and thinking about it back on it now, like, you know, I've been in that situation before, right? I've been in a situation where it's like, there's no way that I can drink. I don't know what happened. Um, I don't know why I did that to those people. I love those, that family. There's no way that I could have done that. There's no way I can drink. And, you know, four or five weeks later, I'm just drinking again. Um, but I, at least, you know, I stayed sober for that night and that guy came and picked me up and he took me to a meeting. Just So you haven't been early. sober since that time. Yeah. I got a sobriety date, right? Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> Nobody talks about be, having like an actual 12 step call done on them. And it sounds like that's yeah. what it was. So I'm glad you're sober, Marty. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I've been sober since that time and it's just been, it's been a uh, little by slowly. I'm, I'm glad that old guy talked to you on the phone showed up i don't think i don't think he called me i think he was the other guy but that's all right the other guy wasn't even capable of calling you <laughs> hey, i hadn't he taken to the goodwill to buy that suit mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right well what is Shank, what's the our topic? topic today our topic is step 10 so step 10 is continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong promptly admitted it so what do you think wayne well, I think that um, the instructions in step 10 are pretty simple. It just tells there's us to keep there. watching. Huh? Yeah. Sorry. I, there's not a lot there, right? Well, there's there's there, there's not a lot written about it, but it's right. there's a lot to actually apply if we, if we look at it, right? It tells us to keep watching for selfishness dishonesty resentment what's the other one fear those are the ones yep when they crop up so the way i look at that is i'm looking i'm i'm kind of on guard or on watch for for character defects and shortcomings that i talked about in the step four and five when they crop up now, hopefully, my reliance is, is turned towards a power greater than myself. I pray. I ask God at once to remove them. It's just kind of a, another confirmation of, of my willingness to change. And then I talk to somebody about it. And if I've made an amends, I try to make the amends quickly so it doesn't build up inside of me. And then I, it says we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Um, I can just tell you from experience when I do this, it works. It's, it's, it's very simple. I, yeah. And I, I think that this is where the, to me, it's kind of the first nine steps wrapped up into one that I'm, I'm, and I'm constantly taking my own inventory. I'm constantly praying to God. I'm constantly or talking to somebody when needed. And I'm turning my thoughts to somebody that I can help trying to, to break out of that selfishness and self-centeredness that really is the root of my trouble. And so to me, it's a kind of a recipe for the, for current living or staying right in the moment and not letting stuff build up and go back to being sick. Um, I do think it's, I, I mean, Shank, we're talking before we started recording that, I mean, the, the instructions for step 10 are pretty easy or pretty simple, but there's a lot, there's also a lot of descriptions of what should have happened to us by this time, right? If we've taken those first nine steps, then it it implies, or it says that we've entered the world of the spirit. It says that we're supposed to grow in effectiveness and understanding that love and tolerance should be our code, that we've been place in a position of neutrality the problem's been removed that sanity has returned i mean there's so much stuff in there that you know it it it's it's really um saying we've had a spiritual experience we've had a spiritual awakening we've we hopefully we've changed 
and drinking is no longer an issue for us. And we're going to get on with the business of living. Um, Marshall, what's your experience with that? Um, Excuse me, Marty. I like Marty better. Yeah, easy there, Wayne. <laughs> Uh, we're going to have to bleep that part out. Um, no, no, there's no video. Anonymity, right? People, we're not breaking anonymity. People think that, but we're not, not even close. Uh, there are people, more people are breaking at lunch at the nooner today at, at the tack than they are right here. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, my experience, I mean, I, I feel like there's, there's, what I love about it is that it's, it's, I've always been, I've always questioned like, what am I supposed to do in life? Like, where am I supposed to go? And that's, I, I don't know if a lot of fear came around that or wherever the fear came from. I mean, I just know that it's kind of bundled up in all those questions. And what I love about the 10th step and it continues on to 11th and 12th is that it tells me exactly what I'm supposed to do. And I've just, I'm just a guy that just like, I just needed that. And I wanted that desperately. And it even tells me how i I'm going to react again sanely. Right. And, and, and how I'd react if I'm tempted by alcohol again. Um, and so I don't like, I don't think a whole lot about the 10th step throughout my day. Right. Like I don't, I don't like take, I don't like have a worksheet that I carry with me and like do it at 1 PM or something like that. When something happens, I mean, wholeheartedly what I believe is all of that language in there talks about a continuous action that you spoke about. It's something that, you, Jerry, uh, oh man, Wayne, uh, you might, you might, uh, recognize this quote, but this replies a lot to it. What does it say? It's, um, there is no past, there is no future. There's only eternity and you're pulling it right now. So meaning that if I live in the moment, that continuous action that I take with me every single day and that I live in prayer and that I can pull in, I guess, God's power. Um, and just live my life peacefully. I don't know if any of that makes sense, but it's good. I think it's hard because it's I mean, topics of spirit are difficult to talk about, but what it, I think what practically what it means is that I just try to do the best I can. I just, as it tells me, I, I just try to do the best I can. And if I make any errors of judgment that I just clean them up. Yeah. Has it, has it been your experience that the, the problem has been removed and that, you are living more in the world of the spirit and sanity has returned like the book describes. Yes. And I'll, I'll say like, I always thought that maybe, so if I look at it from the standpoint that, you know, the problem, I guess ultimately what it comes down to is fear returning into my life, which cuts me off from God and that power. Then I've, I, every single time, if I know that I've done something wrong, and I go and clean that up, that connection or that severance or that blockage is removed immediately. And I, that's happened to me time and time again, that that blockage is removed. And then I'm that fear is removed as well. The stuff I got to do in life that I've messed up, like, well, all right, that's, you know, that's a, to me, that's kind of like a different topic. I got to take care of that sometimes. Um, but the power to do that, the power to restore whatever it is that I've messed up, um, and the ability to do so that is, that has always returned, um, immediately when that amends is, is taken. Mm -hmm. Shake, what do you think? Uh, you cease fight anything or anyone? <laughs> uh... <laughs> you, can get, you can come back to that one. What I think about when I think of step 10 is it's not that I, am now perfect and I'm never going to make a mistake again. And I'm going to be perfect to everyone all the time. And everyone's going to love me. Like, you know, I was really glad when I saw this step when I was new, because it meant like, Hey, I mean, it tells you like when you are wrong, like you're still going to be wrong. You're striving to be better. You're striving to not um, act out in these ways anymore, but sometimes you're going to. You know, so like, I don't have to be living in fear of, oh, well, I asked for God to take this away. And now I'm acting some way that isn't great. Um, I found that for me personally, with people in AA, promptly admitting that I was wrong, 
is is more difficult. I do it, but it's almost like this fear-based thing where then I'm supposed to like bow before them and be like, oh, I'm not like the AA member you thought I was. I find it much easier for me personally with my family members or people out in the community, you know, um, that when I'm wrong and I can just say, hey, you know what, you know, I screwed that up. What can I do? I'm not going to do it again. I'm going to pay more attention. People usually respond really well to that, you know, because that's just not how most people in the world function. So to me, like promptly admitting this, turning myself to someone I can help, you know, Wayne and I were talking, it's like, that doesn't mean that I immediately go and pick someone up and take them to detox. You know, it means that like I'm making a plan to be helpful to someone and it may be you know, picking up a new commitment or trying to get more people involved in a service committee or, you know, whatever it may be. It doesn't mean that right that second at midnight or at 5 a.m. I'm like picking up the phone, trying to make sure I'm sponsoring enough people or I'm showing up at home group early enough or, you know, it's not, it's just turning my thoughts to someone else that I can help. Um, And if there is someone immediately right then, that's amazing. But I also don't have to be in fear of, well, what if I can't find someone that needs to work the steps right now or they don't answer the phone? You know, I really have been set free of all of these things, even in Alcoholics Anonymous that I thought were hard and fast rules of I have to turn myself to helping someone. So I'm going to call everyone I know, figure out who has a problem and tell them what to do, what to read in the book, what meeting to go to to solve this issue. Um, Yeah. It's just not fear-based for me anymore. And there were times when I was exactly like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm turning to help someone, but it's, you know, I'm calling someone up like, hey, what you shared in the meeting last week was really inappropriate. And I'm going to tell you what to read. (laughs) You know, I don't know that I did that directly, but it was just really crazy. (laughs) Can I ask a question? Yeah. Is it is when it says we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help, is it only talking about helping alcoholics? No, I don't believe so. No. Well, no, that's my thought. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good I, point that, that you brought up because several I think, years I really thought that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought the only thing that I could do was was I gotta be at ninety meetings and you know, thirty days and I write all that stuff. Yeah. I think that's what people hear. And we yeah. probably kind of communicate that sometimes in, or a lot in meetings is that, but anytime they in, in the literature, when it says help somebody or turn your thoughts to help somebody or working with others or uh, be of maximum service that everyone equates that to sponsorship. And man, I got to be like right in somebody's face right now, reading the book or doing this or that. And I, I don't know where that comes from. I, I I've never, thought that or were told that now it is true that we're uniquely qualified to help alcoholics. Right. Yeah. But that's not what this is saying. We're supposed to just be helpful. I mean, and you would turn your thoughts to somebody you can help. And that transpires in a lot of different ways. It's not just one-on-one sponsorship. It can be, right? but no, it's not just that. Yeah. I've always found this. Yeah, I've always thought, you know, I mean, it can also be like, you know, if I'm home and I have to do something, maybe I should take out the trash, right? Are there dishes in the sink? Maybe I should clean up the dishes, right? Or whatever it is. Um, what it means is I'm, what it means to me, I feel like is, is in the moment, wherever I am, I, I probably need to think about what I can add. Like I said, what I can add to life. Yes. And I, can I help anybody right now? Is there something I can do where I'm just not thinking about me all the time? How a woe yeah. is me. <laughs> That's right. Well, you can come clean my garage for me if you want to. <laughs> I mean, that might be God's plan. We never, we don't. Know. I'll give you the keypad code here after the after we record. You bring, you can get on over here. <laughs> yeah, it could be it. It could be it. <laughs> I will say in that vein that you know I lived with family when I was first getting sober, and so I was just like, I guess, stark raving sober. You know, whatever people say, and Tretinal. I would. I would just be like, you know, well, I just want to be of service in this family. So is there something that I can do to be of service? 
to this family. Like it was just so, I mean, I am surprised that my family didn't think I was in an actual cold. Cause some of the stuff that I would just say to them was so over the top and they would be like, yeah, you can take out the trash or yeah, you can like pay your rent or whatever, but like, God, relax, you know, you don't have to use that verbiage. Yeah. 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 I've done what I was told too is sorry. What I was told too is, is, uh, I remember asking a guy, I was telling him, I was really scared to go into these meetings across the country when I would work and said, what am I, what's the point of me being in there? This gets a service. What's the point of me being there? And the guy just told me like, look, man, sometimes, sometimes the only reason you're there is just to fill up a chair and to, to just be happy and sober and let a newcomer come in and, and see that there are a bunch of people happy that are sober. And that kind of translates to a lot of areas in my life. Like some, sometimes maybe I'm the way I'm served service is I sh- shut my mouth, you know? <laughs> yep. Well, let me ask you this, Marty. It says, um, you know, when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. So how soon is promptly? What does that mean? It's immediately. (laughs) The definition, the definition of the word immediately. That doesn't mean I do it promptly, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I think that comes back to is if, if the best way I can describe it, is that when I get into those situations, it feels as if there's there can be a weight or a cloud over me and with others in my interaction and relationships in the world. And so the sooner that I clear that up, the sooner that like weight is lifted and the sooner I feel connected again, the sooner I realize that like I'm full of it and not everybody's thinking about me, just all of that stuff just clears up. What? I know, right? It's an, it's an interesting concept. <laughs> yeah. But the sooner I do that, it's it's the sooner I feel better and I can get on to the work that I should be doing, whatever that service is at that point. Yeah. What do you think, Wayne? Do you have any experience with um promptly maybe being like a week or two or a month or two or a year or two? Oh, I've got I've got experience with it being immediate, with it being a week. Uh a few months and a few years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess my issue though was, was um, I didn't do the first part, continue to watch for selfishness and dishonesty. Mm. Or I would watch for it, but just in certain areas and then some areas I wouldn't. Right. So I, uh, I mean, I was dishonest on, on a job for years sober and justified it and then when i found out about it or when i got honest about it to myself it still took me a little while to completely get honest and uh make the amends i did it but yeah i i was it was a couple years in the making um i can say that through uh through practice of it i can i can pretty much say that nowadays I try to promptly do stuff when it, when it hits me. I mean, I'm, you know, I typically immediately know when I said something that I shouldn't have said, because that's typically how it rolls out. Um, And I would, you know, I'll, I'll pray and I'll talk to somebody and then I'll try to make the amends or sometimes I'll just make the amends. Then Um, I'll tell you the, making mistakes and having to go back and making amends sober will is a pretty good deterrent from doing it again. At least it has been for me. Cause it's just, it's just embarrassing uh, having to go back to people and, and clean stuff up. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of my experience with it. Well, do you think you were any less sober, any less of a good member and good standing when you were unwilling to take those actions? You know, I, I looking back on it, no, I, mm-hmm. I probably would have told you then, maybe. Um, but you know, I, th- I think I would tie some of that into good sponsorship. When I finally got honest, I mean, I was not told I was a bad person or that hey, you failed in your practice of these principles, or you know, they didn't revoke my sobriety and tell me I had to start over, or. I didn't have to do any special things to catch up. 
it was simply, Hey, do you want to get better or not? Yes. Well then here's what you need to do. You need to make the amends. Just make the direct amends, quit talking about it, quit crying about it, quit analyzing it, just go do it. And even, you know, even when I was, was in the middle of all that, I, I was still, you know, trying to be of service to, to people and still trying to be helpful. And so I, I, I've always found this to kind of go to some of the other stuff that's been said to be the steps are more inspiring and encouraging and they build confidence in us. They're not, I mean, I don't think they're meant to, to scare us and, uh, you know, make us think we're second rate citizens or that, um, you know, that we're so sick, we can't get better. I mean, I know people and have, have even helped people that, you know, they'll make those comments like, that's just the way I am. I'm just an alcoholic. That's just the way I am. Or, you know, you would have done this too if you, if you were as sick as I was. And I, uh, yeah, I just don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's the deal. The, and I can tell you, I know that we talked a little bit about this earlier, but I have, I have gotten to the point where if I make a, if I make a mistake or do something, I, I, I clean it up and I move on. I, I don't look back. I don't, I don't dwell in it. I don't expect anybody to give me any special favors or anything like that. And I, I just move on. And some people don't, they don't, they don't know how to, how to handle that. Yeah. So. Well, I am kind inter- of on that same thing, Marty, how, how do you remain spiritually, spiritually fit? So, I mean, it says in here, um, we have a daily repeat reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. So, I mean, I know for a few years in my sobriety, I never blamed anything on like, oh, it's my alcoholism. I'm just an alcoholic or anything like that. But I would just say like, oh, I'm not spiritually fit. Like I, there must be something that I'm not doing. I need to be doing four readings in the morning instead of three i need to be you know big of more service pick up another commitment like i'm just not connected to god in some way um today it's different but i would like to hear kind of what does that mean remaining spiritually fit the the daily reprieve you gotta do another 90 and 90 yeah, God. <laughs> I I'll quickly say that I, I really hate. I'm not saying I don't get trapped in this. I really hate when, we, when it's like, oh, it's just because I'm an alcoholic, or mm-hmm. it's just my disease. I just can't. To me, it's like, look, we're all human. The reason why I'm alcoholic yeah. is I can't stop drinking. Like that's that's not yeah. that, the rest of it is is stuff I'm going to clean up later. It doesn't make me an alcoholic. Um, but the way that I stay spiritually fit is I do exactly what it tells me to do. Is that is that I watch for the point when I, when I watch when I'm wrong and I make an amends and I my, my opinion and my experience of doing that it's not I think that you're saying like not, being wrong in this light is is okay because it's in fact it's the way that I learn more about God and it's the way that I stay spiritually fit this like to me this is a process that's been set up specifically tailored for me to get closer to God and that's just my experience and so, as it says, we just, we watch for this stuff. I, I wasn't close to God in the beginning. And then as I did it over time and I refined that as it tells me to do it and pick up my own characteristics and stuff like that in step 11, that's, I mean, that's a part of my journey, but it's, it's, it's just doing this stuff is that's what it is. There's nothing to me. There's nothing special about it. There's no, there's nothing to figure out. It's just, live your life and try to be a good person is really, I don't know. What do you think, well, Wayne? That's over. Resting simplified. on your laurels. That's <laughs> too my, simple. Um, yeah. It's, I'm resting on my laurels. I think I, I think I do need to do another 90, 90 and maybe, uh, maybe start texting my 10th step out to 23 people across the country. <laughs> and uh, you ever get one of those? Yeah, well, you well, I'm gonna maybe I'll forward some of them to you. Get Marty yeah, on the list. I can yeah. tell. Yeah, put me on the I, list. I'll respond to I, them. I hate to bring it up. I know we've got some people that listen that do that, but yeah, there's there's folks that they 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 text and email their 
Well, here's the out. thing is like, that's <laughs> great. Okay. Like there yeah, is nothing fine. inherently yeah. wrong with that. It's not AA. Alcoholics yeah. Anonymous does not tell you to do that and does not tell you that that is the way to stay recovered. Yeah. So like, do it if you want to, people can do whatever right. they want in their no. quote recovery, but like yeah. Alcoholics Anonymous, which is a book doesn't tell you to do that. That's no, just it does the whole not. point. Yeah. Yeah, it does not. And I wouldn't want 23 people giving me feedback on all that stuff, but <laughs> it, it has taken me years to I, get out of all of those group texts. I'm not even kidding. And people probably think I owe them an amends for saying, take me out mean? of this. I don't understand what, like, but what is it? I mean, I, again, you're there's, right. If, if that's there, the, the way you do it, that's awesome. But it's just like, what it, is it? You know, they, it's kind of an accountability thing or an accountability yeah, group. Yeah. And they, you know, they, they think that they're, they're keeping the 10th step and the 11th step alive by doing it. <laughs> Maybe you should be um, accountable to the people that you hurt, I guess. I don't... Well, there, how about that? <laughs> there we go. The Marshall is full of wisdom today. I On love it. Fire. Wow. Yes. <laughs> love yes. it. And I think there, I mean, there are lots of ways that we stay spiritually fit. I mean, there's other things that we sure. can do to grow spiritually, pray, meditate, read stuff. Um, you know, help people. Well, it tells us that we can react normally too. So, you know, I don't go around calling everyone who's not an alcoholic a normie. Whoa. You know, I'm not so special and different because I'm you know, an alcoholic that the chosen one. You know. <laughs> hey, let's go out. Hey, do you know any earth people that we can go <laughs> find or the normies mm-hmm. or well, once again, to differentiate yourself as having a program that you need to work, I guess is fine. But to me, it just is not beneficial. It keeps me in fear of like, here are all these quote, normal people who are just out living in the normal world. And I'm not like that. I'm poor, pitiful me. Right. And I just cannot live in that, in that area in my mind. It separates you. Yeah, it does separate, it separates there you, you go. and then all of a sudden you feel like you're not you're not a part of and you can't I mean that's what it does to me it separates me and I feel like yes. I'm not a part of I can't help people because I'm different which is was the problem in the first place it's because I thought I was Marty different. are you saying we agree on something we always agree we just oh have different God. ways to come around to this. I'm so glad this is recorded oh my goodness <laughs> hmm. well, <laughs> what about the um so there's another instruction in step 10 towards the end of the, of the reading where it says, let me see if I can find it here. Well, you don't have it memorized. Wow. I do not. Wow. I, uh, I, I, uh, I've lost. I can't even find it in the book now. Oh, <laughs> the, yeah, I can't find it. It says every day is a day we carry the vision of God's will in all of our oh, activities. I read that. Yeah. Thy will, not mine, be done. You already read it? Uh, second paragraph on 85. First full paragraph on 85, right in the middle. What we have mm-hmm. really is a every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will. So that's that's another kind of instruction. It will repeat that on step 11, but this is kind of saying that, hey, we should take God with us into everything that we do. We should probably take the idea of love and tolerance into everything that we do. And that we should say to ourselves, thy will, not mine be done. I think that's a like a reminder of the decision that we made in step three, and maybe even step seven, that hey, we we're giving up. We're not we're gonna quit running the show. I can't stay sober by myself, and I can't get rid of these character defects by myself. I need help. Well, and I don't know if we talked about this in step three, but a lot of times I hear from sponsees or women I help or just people in general, like, well, I guess I need to go back to the third step. And I'm just like, actually, it sounds like you need to go back to the 10th step. You know, like if you turned your will and your life over to the care of God, as you understand him and you haven't taken a drink, then this is probably more of a 10th step issue for you. It typically is for me, if not always. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. I think it's true for six and seven as well. A lot of times we're talking about 
we'll say we're falling short on three, six, or seven, but it's really 10 and 11 and 12. Yeah. 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 I see Marty scratching his head over there. So something that none of us have brought up is, which I hear a lot, is being resentful that you think someone else owes you an amends and isn't giving it to you. Hmm. Yeah, I've done that recently. So is... So is yeah. that, um, you know, of course we're watching, we're watching out for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear, but like, how does that work out in your mind as step 10 of you having an expectation of someone making amends well, to you? So I, for me, it falls under the, what our code is. It says love and tolerance is our code. So if I really believe that and I believe that I have stopped fighting anything or anyone, then, I mean, that's kind of the, the idea here is that we've given up and what somebody else does is really none of my business that if I never condemn anybody or, or judge them, then whatever I think they did to me or whatever they actually did to me is okay. Now, I know that's an advanced spiritual concept for some of you. <laughs> what do you think, Marshall? Right. But tolerance means that I accept people. Yeah. I think the word has changed over time. Now we think about tolerance like I'm going to tolerate that son of a mm-hmm. gun or that <laughs> like that. And it, it's tolerance is it's basically it's it's sympathy and kind of accepting somebody just for who they are. And do I really want to do that or not? Or do I just want to talk about it? Do I really want to have concern for another person, regardless of what they do or don't do? That's love. So I don't, you know, nobody owes me anything. That's the attitude anyway. Right. Yeah. I feel like I've got a a recently, I mean, within the last year and a half, Somebody said something that really resonated with me. I think that lines up with this, which is, um, oh man, what is it? If there's something wrong with me, then I've got a problem else. I'm a victim. And so the way that the, the way that I think that this lines up with me. So if somebody has done something wrong with me and now I think I'm a victim, there's nothing I can do about that. Like now I'm just, and, and then I get into my head. It's just, it's always like, Oh, poor me. This guy did this thing to me and the world is so cruel and there's nothing I can do about it. Um, but if I can recognize that the problem that I have is that I'm thinking about myself, I'm being selfish. Um, that like like Wayne said, that yeah, people can people can do what they want to do. You know, I mean, they're allowed to have their different opinions. I don't agree with them all, but they're allowed to have their opinions. Um, then I can be free of that whatever you call resentment. I don't know, whatever that is, resentment against myself. Um uh that's hard to practice though. I mean, cause I like, you know, I like being a victim, right. I like thinking that, I don't know, you know, I like thinking the world has done me wrong and I'm owed something. It's hard to, it's hard for me to accept that, man, I got a problem and I need to do something about it. Whether that's pray and go and help somebody or whatever it is, whether I did something wrong or somebody's done something to me. Um, if I've got the problem, then I have power or I can call upon power to do something about it. I'm a victim. Yeah. There's nothing I can do, right? That's right. What you got, Shane? Well, I see you itching there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I just, it makes me think of like times where I have, um, I don't think I'm wrong, but I know someone else thinks that I'm wrong. Uh, and so I will prom- promptly admit, you know, or I'll like try to clean something up that I don't really believe was wrong. And so I've done that several times, even in the last few years, let's say two or three years where something is going on. And like, I, I just know it's out there happening. And I'm like, I'm just tired of dealing with this. So I'll just like call the person up and apologize, promptly admit I have a reason when I really don't. And so I will say that Mm -hmm. certain things, like I will talk to my sponsor and she'll be like, honey, you don't, 
is it bothering you? Like, what is going on? I'm like, no, but I know it's bothering them. You know, and she's like, I would not do anything. And then I do it anyway, because that's just, you know, I talked to someone about it, but I didn't take their suggestion. So um, it kind of makes me think of that, of like just making, I don't know, making amends, continuing to take that personal inventory and knowing that someone else has a problem and just being like, okay, I'm going to try to just smooth this over, which by the way, never works. Cause they still just no, stay it, mad. That's right. It never works. You should have followed yeah. your sponsor's suggestion on that. I know. Or they'll just say to my face, like, oh my God, no, everything's great. Yes. Like I didn't even, oh my gosh, okay. no. And it's like okay it's only been being talked about for six months but okay yeah. <laughs> so it just you know then i end up having a resentment yeah. so i did and just want to like put that out there and it's like selfish and self-centered for sure all my troubles right i think i think that uh, that they've got a problem and i'm gonna fix it and right i've got to do something for sure or just wanting yeah. it to like go away thinking that i have the power to make it go away yeah too yeah. like just okay i'll smooth it over it'll be fine. I can hear some truths about myself, but that is never the way it goes. Yeah. Well, one thing's for sure. If you're, if you're, if you're doing stuff with your life and if you're doing stuff in, in AA and actually following these steps and living in kind of faith and confidence, people are going to talk about you and you're going to get criticized. A, A good friend of mine, he says, if you're not doing anything or if you're not being criticized, it's because you're not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you'll even get criticized for doing good stuff. It's, it's a strange, it's a strange, it's a strange thing. And over time you kind of learn to not even worry about that stuff. You just let it roll off of you, move on. Love it. Well, yep. Shank, I think we're up on shrapnel. Yeah, we're here. You ready, we Marty? We are here. Yeah, ready to ever be. Throw them all out. Throw them out. <laughs> I don't even know what they are. Scrap them all. What's the first one, Shane? All right, shrapnel number one is halt. No! Hungry, <laughs> angry, lonely, tired. Marty, what you got? What you think? Uh, have you heard I, this I mean, one before, Marty? I have, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, I heard, I heard all about it. Um, <laughs> I think, I mean, you know, it's sure there's some truth there. Um, what, what is it? I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe you could say like, all right, well, maybe, maybe to stop drinking, I should just eat a little bit more. I don't. <laughs> what is it what am i supposed to do with it i don't that's what doesn't make that's what like yeah i get it i get i get angry when i'm hungry okay but what like what's the action what do i need to do like where do i i guess eating is the action i don't i don't know <laughs> so I, I still have a couple of folders in my filing cabinet of everything i did when i went to treatment and <clears throat> I wanted to be the perfect, obviously recovered person. So I kept everything and there were several kind of acronyms in there. This was one of them. And it was in relation to like acting out or like if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, you're probably going to think about drinking more. So you need to always make sure that you take care of those things change your playgrounds and play friends and like all of that stuff was kind of I ate and I was drinking at the same time yeah it was kind of like (laughs) um, it was kind of all tied into one like if you're trying to stay sober and there were other acronyms also but I hear the hungry angry lonely tired halt it's more catchy more often yeah we think think Wayne halt don't get too hungry. Well, I don't know. It sounds like some kind of wellness program or something. Um, <laughs> hey, is this one in the Living Sober book? Oh, we should have I checked. Swear, it could be. I swear I think I don't it talk is. About I know Marty's a, Marty's a fan of Living Sober. That thing's <laughs> gotta sober's go. got to go. quality material. But anyway. Um, it didn't really I'm, help me that much while I was incarcerated. 
Marshall, okay? Like, everything they're suggesting in there, I couldn't freaking do. I was like, who sent me this trash? I don't know, maybe you shouldn't have been incarcerated. I don't understand. (laughs) Well, there you have it. All right. I think it's, you know what, it's accurate, right? You shouldn't get too hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, but, I mean, that's not going to, none of that's going to remove the obsession to drink. So, I mean, if you, you know what, and actually it ties into the 10th step. If you're doing a 10th step, then, and you're watching for selfishness and dishonesty and resentment and fear, then, and these things cause that, then that's probably your action is go eat something and get a, take a nap and get into a relationship. (laughs) So I don't, I don't think it's. I don't hear it that much anymore, but maybe yeah, I was going to say, I don't hear it. Maybe it's around, but I do need to check the living sober book. But even if it's in that it definitely needs to be scrapped. What, what do you think, Marty? You keeping it? You scrapping it? I'm going to, I'm going to scrap it. Yeah. All right. Shank, what do you think? It's out of here. Threw a, a curveball on you. No, Scrap out of here. Scrap. Lend us right. in living sober, and then we're, we'll keep it. We'll we'll we'll, we'll check back on that. And, no uh, caveats. I, you made your decision. I just, yeah, we just burnt. We just burned a bunch of living sober books here for the for a campfire. But let's. Uh, <laughs> it's a joke. What's the next one, Shank? All right, shrapnel number two is going to any lengths to stay sober. What do y'all think? Um, Going to any lengths. I mean, uh, I think, I think it has merit. I mean, I think, although like in the beginning, like I was essentially, I got nothing left. Like what else, like where else am I going to go? It was essentially my attitude. Um, Like what else am I going to do? Um, I think it can get, I can get twisted up really quick thinking that I can figure out what it means to say sober. If I think about it, I don't know, just going to any length, maybe, maybe there's Good something point. I can do, right? Like I can, I can go to more meetings. I need to do, like you were talking about this earlier. I need more sponsees. I need more, I need more something, right? Um, I think I can get really twisted up with it, but I think if you boil it down, like, yeah, I mean, I should, I should either be setting up chairs or I should be going on a, Close up call in Siler City, right? That's something that I should just be doing to stay sober. Hmm. Shank, what do you think? Well, I was told really early on, I was asked really early on if I was willing to go to any lengths to stay sober. And I did not know that that appeared anywhere in our literature, and I wouldn't have known that. But I was asked, I did say yes, uh, because I was at that place of just like, had nothing total willingness to do anything right you know i mean i i was like yes i'll i'll take back my childhood faith i'll do whatever you want me to do i just cannot continue to live like this so i like that i i like going to any lengths to stay sober i guess i've never considered like um what i can do i always just think of it in terms of like, am I going to do what my sponsor asked me to? Am I going to work the 12 mm-hmm. steps? Am I going to help someone else through the 12 steps? Um, so I could see where it could get, like, mashed up in my head if I really think that I'm the one doing something. Right. Yeah, I've never... Marty brought up a good point. I guess people could get it twisted and they it, it would tie back into, oh, I'm not doing enough, i got to do more. And then mm-hmm. they tie it back into having to live up to what they think other people are thinking or what the other people's expectations are. I, I I will say this, it's, it's in the book in different forms. Yeah. Bill Dotson and Bill Dotson's story, a number three, he says that he was willing to do anything to get rid of the problem. Then it says, and how it works that we got to be willing to go to any length to get it. Meaning if you want what we have. And then I think, 
a couple times in either step nine, it says we got to remind ourselves that we decided to go to any length for victory over alcohol. And then there's another one that we got to remind ourselves that we decided that we were willing to do anything to find a spiritual experience. So there's a lot of... So really, we should just be saying going to any length for victory over alcohol. We shouldn't be saying... Any no, links to no. stay sober. You I'm going to start like saying that, victory. What's it say? Right here. This is all you need. This is like, a vision for you, page 163. To duplicate with such backing what we have accomplished is only a matter of willingness, patience, and labor. That's it. How, is, how do you not? That's What are you all shaking your head for? That's, so you want that, to, how is that not? That's, that's pretty powerful. Wow, whatever. So are you... No, you're good. So are you are you saying that that we should say that instead of this? Yeah, it makes more sense. If you want what we okay. have, you'll you'll be you'll you'll go to the the length, the willingness, the patience, and the the work that we did to do it. So what was the terms? Willing, patience, and labor. To, to duplicate with such backing, what we have accomplished is only a matter of willingness, patience, and labor. Willingness, patience, and I'm going to start saying willingness, patience, and labor. It's everywhere and every meet me. Instead meet. of honesty, open mindedness, and willingness, we've got willingness, patience, and labor. We're I like really this better, some... I think. Yeah. You know, we're throwing this out. See, just wait That's until you hear me say that. <laughs> Marty, we've got Marty. We're we we're listening to you, buddy. We're I'm with taking you. notes here, man. I know you're listening to me. I'm not. <laughs> so, so are you suggesting to scrap that and replace it with this? I'm suggesting that it would serve a better purpose to replace it with this because you can't okay. twist that up. You can't, there's no getting around that. If you want what we have, then you'll be willing, you'll be patient and you'll labor like we did. Okay. Be bought. What about the other two or three spots in the book where it actually says willing to go to any length? Is it too open-ended? It, I, yeah, I, I I would say change it to going to any links for victory. What I did like you say? It. Over alcohol. For victory over alcohol. Doesn't it say that in the book somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> I like that term better. <laughs> victory just sounds fun, you know. Makes me think. Going of any links for? Are you willing to go to any links for victory over alcohol, victory. my brother? It just yeah. sounds better, you know. The Reverend Shank wants to know if you're ready for victory over alcohol brothers and sisters <laughs> listen i just i say I, I just say keep it this is probably the first one it. on this podcast i think i've ever said to keep i'd like to take out as part of that yeah you all right Marty. all right well so keep or scrap shank keep keep it it's in there Nice. All right, that's a that's a first for all y'all listening. What's next? All right, shrapnel number three is for free and for fun. I've never heard that. <laughs> what? Marty. Yes, you have. You 100% have heard that. It's like AA's only thing around for free and for fun. Marty, you've never heard this? Oh, listen. (laughs) Well, listen, I'm off track here, but I went to the TAC the other day. You were there, Marty, when we were there for that, for what's-his-name's anniversary? Yeah. This guy came up and he says, man, this is the best deal in town for a dollar. (laughs) Yes. Oh, jeez. Uh, free and for fun. I don't know. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. No, well, actually, go ahead. I don't understand. I don't understand what, I mean, for free. What's free? Alcoholics Anonymous. Alcoholism is free. I didn't pay for that. Sure you did. Were you stealing all your booze? No. <laughs> no, what I mean, <laughs> what, I, what I mean is when I was, when I was, coming down it was a twinkle in my mother's eye I didn't, I didn't pay for alcohol it wasn't it wasn't a characteristic that I was looking for yeah do you pay for any of your other desirable characteristics 
No. No. I work really hard on those. <laughs> oh. I was wondering if there was a shortcut so, I didn't know about. Oh, my goodness. So, I've... This particular term, I normally hear it, and I have probably have said it when it relates to it's said in in context of this right here that we do what we do for free and for fun meaning meaning we pass on what we've been given because somebody passed it on to us and didn't hopefully didn't expect or require anything out of us and that they didn't charge us anything and so we should in turn pass it on for free and at some point helping people and passing things on should be fun for us um well what is it that dr bob said uh a sense of duty yes Hmm. uh what did he say i probably like that saying better although i don't really mind for free and for fun i don't really care i don't care about that one i think i think it's really important to to make sure you have the beginning there do what we do i didn't had no idea what we were talking about for fun well i don't know how you didn't know because jerry's the one that says it everywhere <laughs> <laughs> he wanted this one on here so he could continue saying it it just tells you that he don't listen to what i'm speaking <laughs> yeah zone it out oh man he actually i think dr bob said something similar yeah, he said he what what Shank was saying. So that's kind of what I would think about. Hey, and just for the record, this oh, was here we go. This was this was Shank's pick. I I pick one <laughs> every episode, and she picks the other two. So backtracking, don't, he's backtracking. Don't, don't let her. Yeah, I picked it so that you would stop saying it. Hopefully, Marty would band (laughs) with me and be like, God, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I don't say it that often. Oh, my goodness. You left (laughs) off some key information there. (laughs) My bad. I couldn't remember the whole thing. Oh, my goodness. So, the whole thing. I think, yeah, keep it. I think it deals with humility, anonymity. Okay. Shank, what do you think about it? Um, well, you know, since we had um I can't remember if she had a nickname, but since we had Debbie on, you know, her kind of take was, well, is it harmful? Like is it inherently harmful? So I kind of think of that um for some of these. And for free and for fun, doesn't really seem like it's harmful. You know, I do think people have a misconception that you have to put a dollar in the basket so it does cost something to be a member of AA maybe this could kind of quash that a little bit uh yeah I'm not always having fun in Alcoholics Anonymous but I'd say like 85% of the time I am so right okay and Dr. Bob's nightmare it's a sense of duty and it is a pleasure uh, yeah, see, a sense of duty, and it is a pleasure. Well, he's got two yeah. more listed there. But... So, I just did a tenth step while y'all were talking. <laughs> and on a previous episode, Debbie did bring up the idea, well, if it's, if it's not harmful, you should think about it. I challenge her and say, well, if it's not helpful, I'm not going to consider it. Yep. And then on the next episode, Shank tried to get me to get on board with that and I've shot her down <laughs> but I am now Shank has convinced me that we should look at some of these a little differently if it's not harmful then we might should give it a little bit of credence so I'm conceding to you Shank nice I'm nice. going to start looking at some of these differently that's pretty big now with that being said what do y'all think <laughs> Marty are you scrapping it or are you keeping it? Uh, well, Wayne, what was the what was the whole the whole line? I'm keeping the whole line for free and for fun. No, there was a couple of words you put at the beginning of it. We do what we do for free and for fun. 
Yes. It's got to be the whole thing. Or we pass this on for free and for fun. We pass it, yeah. That's even better. Keep it. So we should chant that at the end of the meeting while we're holding hands? That's exactly what this means. Yep. Yes, and grip <laughs> and, and squeeze it. everybody's hands real hard and shake them up and down. Works if you're worth it and you're worth it and you deserve it. And, and you deserve it. Listen, I say keep it. What do you think, Wayne? It's a little goofy to me, but I'll keep it. We kept I, I two think it, meeting shrapnels. To be on, yeah. Marty, what do you think? He said he's said, keeping yeah. it. Oh, yeah, keep it. Yeah. See, your your diplomatic personality has softened me and Shank when it comes it to has. shrapnel. It has. <laughs> Marshy, we appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate you coming on today, and um, thank you. I think we've learned a new term, victory. That kind of lot that that kind of goes in with freedom. Um, but remember, since uh, because of the twelve steps and uh, the power that we found through the twelve steps, we're free today. Freedom. Thanks for listening. If you have a comment, suggestion, or just need help, you can email Shank and Wayne at freedom at alcoholicsalive.com. Remember, we're recovered members of Alcoholics Anonymous, but we do not speak for Alcoholics Anonymous, nor do we get paid. Join us next week for another great episode.